The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. I have some deja vu here. And joining us, I will say actor, but was informed, that hasn't been for a long time, despite the fact there is a cut of the audiobook that we're going to talk about here as the main focus shortly. Um, but we have producer, audiobook producer from Penguin Random House, Nick Martorelli. How's everyone doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for coming on. This is going to be awesome. So um, we had Sarah on Mighty Marvel Geeks uh, back in June, into June, and she informed us. And of course, she wrote the Dr. Afro audiobook, which is why we brought you on tonight. It's, that's going to be the main focus. Um, but there's other books that are out that you have also been part of as well that we'll talk about that is also in our wheelhouse. Um, but Sarah mentioned something about a possible... Nick cut that she wants to see released. Yes. Uh, we talked about this during the panel for Comic-Con at Home. Um, Emily Wu Zeller, who plays Dr. Afra, told the story about that when she was recording all of her lines, I was on the other side of the Zoom call playing all of the scenes with her. So she'd have somebody to talk to, somebody to work against, somebody to, uh, to, 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 to bounce acting off of. And... Um, so, which means I got to play basically everybody in the audio drama except for Dr. Afra at various points throughout Emily's sessions. Uh, that that tape does not exist. There is no lost cut of this. This is not something that is going to be made available or is even in existence. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You like, may dispense you know, with the pleasantries, Commander. It was a lot of fun to do, to work with, to work with the actors. They were all primarily recording their parts by themselves. So now they, they, it was nice to give them something to play off against. Yes. So you are actually you weren't just like reading it cold. You were actually acting it out. And honestly, I tried to sort of split the difference. <clears throat> like I'm not an actor, and I don't want to distract. 
I don't want to distract the actors I've hired with how good I think I am. Like, that's not, that's not why I'm, I'm here to give them something. But I also know that if I'm just reading the lines, just giving them takes less time, that doesn't give anything to me. So, right. so like, I, I tried to split the difference between, like, giving the performance almost that I imagined that John Cannon and Thompson would get, but playing that at a your, your audio's dropping out there again, Nick. All right, all right. Let's see. May, so, may, maybe we do need to have you drop your video like we talked about since you were on the Wi-Fi. I could try that. See, this is the joys of production as we go. We're, we're not ashamed to hide the behind-the-scenes stuff as we're doing show. So what? that's so that's the story of, of, uh, of all of my parts in Afro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well... If you ever decide to put out a Nick cut just for fun, I would love to hear it. Honestly, there have been so many people asking, like, I need to make sure we record it for the next one. You know, like, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> the same way, I'm going to need to make sure I record my parts just so we can do something with it. Now, you've, you've produced a bunch of these books and, and audio books and things and audio dramas. Um, have you ever actually done a, um extra part or just a bit part in one of them just so your voice is in there? I have. Uh, I am in the audiobook of uh, The Force Doth Awaken as a stormtrooper, and I am a couple droids and various announcements in Dooku Jedi Lost. Ah. Oh. So I and I'm a part of the crowd scenes in Dooku. Uh, I am I am a part of those books. Yes. Now what uh, a, what about Afra? Do you have a cameo in in it? Not have a cameo in Afra. Afra, we were actually unable to do that uh, to a large extent because of the way we were recording. We were recording in everyone's home studio. Uh, okay. To the to the the uh, the, the current situation with stay at home orders, lockdowns, and quarantines, and home studios. Okay. Now. Um, Sarah had mentioned it to us over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, and you alluded to it in talking briefly about the the, the Nick cut that doesn't exist. Um, you did all of this over Zoom, which is not normal. No, um, we we did do it all over Zoom, and no, it is not normal. Um, we were forced into those circumstances because of the the current state of the world. And we recorded this, I want to say, in June, so it was even you know even worse. And so everybody was in their own studios. The director and I and an engineer were all on the line with them, and they were recording all of their parts by themselves, which also is why I was playing scenes with Emily. And then we cut it together to make them all sound like they were in the same room. The only exception was all of, all of the Afrasana scenes were recorded together. We got Emily and Nicole Lewis in their home studios at the same time, all in the same Zoom call. So even though they were record selves, they could hear each other. So they got to play those scenes out. Okay. That's, that's very cool. And that's, of course, that's different than, than the way we did Jedi Lost, because for Dooku, we were able to bring all of the actors into the same room a lot of the time. A right. lot of the scenes, you know, a lot of the scenes Dooku were in, he was playing against Saifo Diaz. He was playing against Lean. You know, he was, he was, they were playing those scenes in real time. Right. And, and able to see each other as they were, as they were. It's just, you know, it's, and then that one also has its share of wild lines. Somebody was only available for an hour. So, you know, they played down all of their tracks once cut it together so it's a audio our audio dramas are kind of a mix of those styles and uh, afro was just more heavily used okay now normally outside of the virus that shall remain nameless in an ideal world would y'all still have started recording in june or would y'all have started sooner 
Um, I mean, this was always sort of like a May, June record for a July on sale. That's sort of um, that's sort of a normal-ish timeline okay. like this. Um, some of it just comes down to when the actors are available and things like that. But um, we're, we're usually, that's that's about the typical lead time for an audiobook. You know, it's, okay. it's recording, you know, a month or two before it goes on sale, give or take. Gotcha. Now, okay. um, as I notated in, in my review... And I've seen a couple other people notate in their reviews for the new canon material. This is the second audio drama or the second audiobook that is done in a dramatized format. Yes, this is the second original script. This, this and Dooku were both written for audio. Yes. Okay. Now, one reviewer said, and I know this is wrong because I have the majority of these audiobooks, that these two are the first audio drama Star Wars audiobooks to have been done. And I know that's wrong because there's a lot that were done in the Legends universe. If yeah, I'm not I mean, mistaken, this, this all goes back to, you know, those original NPR recordings right. and audio dramas of the films, you know, um, I'm still waiting for the rest of the um, films to be put on a radio drama. <laughs> Right, yeah, like, I would love to see NPR come back and do that. Um, I uh, I grew up listening to those. I love I love those adaptations of the films, particularly particularly the first one. The first one was the one I just wore out my cassettes, <laughs> and I, I I I love the way that that Brian Daly expands the story. I love right. the way all of the voice actors come in and 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 give their own takes on the characters, which is one of the things I really really love about them. You know, Brock Peters is not doing his best James Earl Jones impression. He's just playing Darth Vader. And that's right. something that I always responded to as a kid. Well, uh, the other audiobooks I was referring to that really stick out in my mind is uh, Dark Empire, Dark Empire 2, Empire's End, and Crimson Empire. Those were all full cast audio dramas as well. Those, like Afra, are translations of comics you know yeah. putting something visual into an audio medium i mean you can also, that's what brian daly's original trilogy is as well but all the dark empire etc series is is very much like afro we're taking a comic book and then we're all yep. saying it out loud yep so where did the decision come to make afro an audio drama instead of just a straight to audio book so we uh we are all we are all big fans of of Doctor Afra in the office, and um, we really we really like her as a character. We really like um, the the way she was, you know, the sort of energy that she brings into the Star Wars universe when she shows up in the comic books is a uh, is a very different energy than than has been in a lot of other a lot of other Star Wars up to that point. So she she uh, she sort of hits and and just explodes and comes out. And Sorry. so <laughs> I, I love Afra. We, we well. were talking about we were talking about characters to sort of do audio dramas around, and Dooku was the first one. And then when we decided we wanted to and wanted to do another one, Afra came up in that discussion very quick. And and from there it was about sort of figuring out what's the story to tell, how do we tell the story. But we, we sort of hit upon her as the as the as the piece of it pretty much. Okay. Uh, so the so the idea for the story came for the character came before the idea for the story. Interesting. Well, we, we knew we wanted we knew we wanted to do something with her. Yes, and then it was the sort of thing. It was like, what if we adapt her? What if we adapt her first appearance, but tell it from her? And that was the sort of uh, you no. Know, that was the sort of sentence that somebody said. Like, yeah, that works. Let's figure out how this works. And that's uh, that's what's here. Okay. So 
Um, when you guys started writing, you're, you figured out what the book was, and you start. When did you guys actually start writing this? How long did it take before you actually go to recording on this? Um, this is a sort of uh, <laughs> this is frankly a trick question because we started talking about it long before it actually was quote unquote on our schedules. So like we probably started talking about it sometime at the end of 2019, and mm. as that went along, it became like okay, let's figure out what the what an outline looks like, what a script looks like. Okay, now that we're here, let's start casting. Let's figure out what this production timeline to get it on sale is going to be like. Okay. Because that kind of leads into my other question was, um, we've already mentioned that the virus affected the recording, definitely. That everybody had to re- But um, how much did the, actually the virus, and knowing that you're going to have to adjust the way you're recording it, affect the way you guys wrote the script? So that you were from Afro's point of view directly, and you didn't have to have her reacting as much with everybody all the time. Honestly, that didn't change at all. Like, that was actually a very lucky stroke uh, in, in, in one sense, because we didn't change any of the script because of the virus. This was always how it was conceived and executed by Sarah. So it just came time to, for us to, to, to work on it. We were like, oh, this actually works really well. And I think Emily mentioned in our, in our, um, our Comic-Con at Home panel, like, Dooku is a different thing because everybody is sort of talking a lot. You know, everybody bounces out. Dooku and Ventress are kind of like co-narrators on this. Right. And this, this is essentially a monologue that Dr. Afric gives that is interrupted by full cast scenes. So, you know, Emily at various points has pages of monologue she just nails out of the gate. And that is a very different kind of project than Dooku is. Than Dooku is. And that's that was part of the thrill for this one. It's like, all right, let's, you know, we did the one. Let's try to take a different approach to the next one. See what this next one is. Now, what would you say is the period of time covered in this book? I mean, the book flows very nice, very quick for, what, just over six hours? Uh, yeah, something like that. It's like five and a half, six, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Uh, so time period wise, I mean, this is covering what? A uh, couple months um, in, in the yeah, time period? I would think so, because it's I mean, it's essentially the first run of Darth Vader. Those 25 issues, whatever time that covers is what ours covers as well. Okay. Um, the the thing that the thing that's sort of different about ours, and we also knew that we couldn't we also knew we didn't just want to do a uh, a translation and a retelling of that Darth Vader series. We wanted to give it new, additional, expanded content that made it Afra's story. What is she doing? Which is brilliant. Something? Which is brilliant. Um, so there are flashbacks to her childhood and her time in university and things like that that sort of fall outside the, uh, the what you what you said about how long the book covers. Because theoretically, the book only covers you know it's a recording Afra's making. So in one sense, it's just six hours. She's just telling the story. But in terms of like the narrative stuff covered, yeah, it's probably a couple months. And okay. then there are flashbacks to the, the way y'all adapt Vader down in this is brilliant as well. Thank you. Yeah, that uh, that's all Sarah. That is all Sarah adapting it. But it's that sort of thing where we're like, all right, how much of this is Afra involved in? How much of this is Afra unaware of? And what would Afra's opinion be? of the stuff that she knows. Right. And those are some of my moments where like, you know, she's, she's sort of poking light about how big and scary Darth Vader is. Cause he's going off to do stuff that he, that feels ultra important that Afra just doesn't. Okay. And like, those are, those are fun. Those are fun transitions that I always like her where she's like, eh, this doesn't, I, I can go off to something else. <laughs> now, one of the things that I actually loved is when you, um, dealt with 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 stunt with with Sansi with Sansi um you Sorry. with Black Kazakhstan 
Oh, Crescenton. Crescenton. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that uh, fun fact, that was a word that we all were like, how on earth do you say this? Because <laughs> I, I hit it right one out of five times. Mostly, mostly consonants. It's just like yeah. uh, Santy. 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 Yeah. How... How did the decision come of not getting Wookiee sounds from Lucasfilm and pitching it to the deeper tone, doing the pitch shift to a deeper tone, to actually voice voicing it out with an actual actor? So this is this is one of the this is one of the challenges, right? Like, and Mark Thompson, who plays both. Black Chrysanthemum and Chewbacca. Um, he's incredible at doing these sort of like alien character, uh, monster creature sounds and voices. And ultimately, we knew that we needed we knew that we needed the Wookiees to act. And it was that sort of thing where they needed to sort of feel like they they were having a believable dialogue with another character. So we talked about doing sound like going to the library and getting sound effects and. Once we got Mark to try to sort of like give it a try, he's so great. And it was that moment was like, you know what? This actually works better than sort of having like, you know, this sort of like canned stuff you may have, heard, you know, you might recognize a war from The Empire Strikes Back. And it's like, well, not, I know what that's from, actually. That's that's Chewie complaining that Han's taking too long to leave. Like, that's not Black or Santin harassing Afra for something. So... <laughs> So it was the it was the acting ultimately that came down to it. We needed him to be a fully supporting character. That's awesome. It's very awesome. And of course, let's praise Mark. Mark knocks out of the so very yeah. very much. We will give kudos to Mark. And Chewie agrees. Him, right? Him? That's that's a Mark Thompson. That that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you guys come up with the rest of the casting? Um, so one of the things I always like doing in these audio dramas is going to our roster of audiobook talent. Like I always like using these as an opportunity to showcase the people who've been reading Star Wars books for us and show their talents in another light. So, you know, Sean Kennan has narrated for us. Kat Tabor has narrated for us. And we're bringing in these people. And Ewan Morton has narrated other things. Carol Monda has read this. So we can bring them in to play characters, which they already have in other stories. It's just about letting, letting them sort of blow the doors off. Right. And them to do, sort of like stretch their other muscle. Okay. And, I, and like I said, I always love sort of treating these as, as like celebrations of that, that talent we are have. And then, okay. Um, just out of curiosity, say three guys wanted on the next audio drama wanted to be extras in it. How <laughs> would have, one? Do you have three guys in mind? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing? There, there may be three guys in mind that I could think of. How, how would you? How would you pull people for like extra roles? Not not feature, but background extra stuff. So one of the things that I I'll, I will be honest with you, it's a lot of time people who come to listen to the recording sessions. I've been trying to get um, on other projects I've done, other full cast audiobooks I've done. I've enlisted more of the Penguin Random House audio staff. I've enlisted the designers of the book, uh, uh, the editors, you know, people like that. You know, hey, come on down, just read this battle droid. You've got two lines. You know, or give us, give us, give us a uh, a weird alien cantina shout, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's 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 in a normal situation when we're actually going down to the studio. It's it's all this kind of stuff. It's like, hey, come on down, listen to the wires, and we'll just go. And it's, it's, it's just like, you know, someone's got to say it. It's like, hey, watch it. It's like, I can hear it. 
weekend. We, we, lost, we lost you for a quick second there, Nick. Um, I hate it when the first order tries to scramble our, our transmissions. Um, you know, the, the small sort of stormtrooper lines, hey, stop that, she's getting away. Those sort of shouts are, are often where the, the cameos and the extras come in. And for this one, it's, it's the regular cast. And, you know, in, in, in other projects, that would just be a regular cast giving other pieces. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this piece, pretty much everybody also plays. So um, what was some of your favorite parts of doing this particular recording of, of the Dr. Afro book? Oh, man. My favorite parts for this one. Um, I loved... I loved that in this one, we got to spend a lot more time with Emily Ruzeller's F. We got to sort of work with her for a bunch of days, just us, and, and, and tracking her journey the whole book. Because of the way we recorded Duke, jumping around, yeah, we, we're losing your drift again there, Nick. Well, we have Nat, Nick back again, as if I cannot stumble over words. Tone's going to be slightly different because he's on his backup wave wavelengths, and I think maybe piggybacking off the first order since they were trying to scramble. I reinitialized my hollow transmitter, and I am right here. I'm ready that's, to go. That's awesome. So um, we were asking about your favorite part or parts of doing this book. Yes, um, and because of the way we recorded Dooku, we had to do everything out of order. We would batch actors together and then have them do all the scenes that they were in and then jump 200 pages ahead to do the next scene that that particular group of actors was in. And then, you know, the next day we would jump to fill some of that middle in, and we sort of spent a week bouncing around, you know, the way you would film a movie or a television show. And with this one, because it was one actor at a time, pretty much, we got to start in the beginning and go straight through. So we got to spend a lot of time with Emily's Afra excuse me, going through the process, like actually sort of tracking her journey as she was experiencing everything and, and, and figuring out how to, how to make all those moments connect and make all those moments land and all those moments work. And it was so great that she had so much because it was very much like uh, a more traditional audiobook. She's just sort of telling her story in the first person. So being able to do that all sort of at a run over a couple of days was a much different experience than Dooku, and I think it really sort of benefited uh, her performance and and the project as a whole. And so I wasn't expecting that, Frank. That was something that um, was something I wasn't sort of expecting to be a be a, a such a strong positive overall. And then that was a lot of fun. Um, I loved working with uh, Kat Tabor as. Padme and Princess Leia. Yeah. She's, she's read a bunch of stuff for us, including the two Padme books by E.K. Johnston. And it's just so fantastic when we can get her into to, to play these characters that she knows so well. Um, and I am a big Ewan Morton fan, and I am a big fan of The Emperor. So that particular session was a lot of fun for me. I just thought, I, I thought he did such a great job, and I love... I love when the emperor is deployed as sparingly as he is in this particular project. It's just, it, it has like flavors of empire strikes back. And it's yeah. just so fantastic. Well, I, I felt outside of Emily as Afra, your casting of trips was brilliant. Sean Cannon is phenomenal. He's so good. And uh, that was actually, uh, that was actually another fun moment, like trying to find trips voice. 
because, you know, we come in and we're, we're gabbing a little bit at the start of the session and it's like, all right, what does he sound like? He's never sounded like anything. He's, he's, he's never sounded like anything before. And there is a joke later where he makes himself sound like C-3PO. Yeah. So he can't <laughs> sound like C-3PO. And that was the moment where we were like, all right, what do we do? It can't just be, it can't just be a sort of like homicidal Anthony Daniels. It has to be something <laughs> else. And, um, and he, we, you know, we, we explored all the sort of like types of British aristocrat kind of accents. And then we sort of zeroed in on, on, on the one he does. And by the end, like he had us, he had us laughing. We were in stitches by the end. Like, now, when you said Sean Kanan, we're not talking the Sean Kanan from Karate Kid 3. Don't so. Okay, so it's a different. Sean Kennan. Oh, okay. I misheard. Yeah. My mistake. Sorry. I misheard. Uh, no, Sean Kennan. Um, he he has read. Uh, he read the solo YA novel. He's read. Uh, I think he read Death Troopers. He's read a bunch of audiobooks for us. He was Sifo Dias in Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, when you got Sarah's script, were you pleasantly surprised to see that it was Afra? guiding us through this instead of the the twist that we got with Dooku where it's Ventress guiding us through Dooku's past I um it's a, it's a I think when I was <laughs> sorry yeah. question to answer um but what I um <laughs> what I think Sarah just absolutely nails in the script is Afra's voice I think yes. Afra, who, you know, let's face it, in the comic books might say three sentences at once a couple times. She may string together, you know, like a page of dialogue and then she's off to something else. And for a character that we were going to have to spend so much time with, so much time listening to, I thought that just from the absolute beginning, Sarah's Afra just leaps off the page, sort of fully formed, the way she introduces herself, the way she like gets us right into that first space battle with Maz Kanata. Yeah. And I was like, this is is this is such a different energy than the narrators we had before and it's a it's a story it's a narrator who who is who is not only wanting to tell her story but like desperate to tell it directly to you the listener of this audio drum she is going to address you specifically and knows you're listening and that right out of the gate sort of comes out swinging and it hits such a different energy than the sort of i always described um i always described ventress and cabin scott script as film noir like she's got this yeah. real sort of like hat pulled down low over her eyes it was a dirty kind of city but the kind of city that i loved flavor to all that narration she gives us and to have Afra come out so strong in such a different energy was the sort of thing where i was like oh this is a great follow-up companion piece like other exploration of what star wars audio is we're not we're not we don't have the same kind of narrator we had before right right well, very very cool um like the dooku audiobook and then the the script eventually released in written form will we potentially see that same thing happen with dooku i mean with uh with afro uh i don't know anything officially but i wouldn't be surprised if we do um i wouldn't be surprised to see it eventually in print uh again these are you know created and written for audio so we want to make sure that that's sort of the leading edge the sort of here is the experience that is as it is designed to be experienced as opposed to you that's know all. a book a book comes out as an ebook comes out as an audiobook comes out as a print book it's like here's the package of the story here is the story we're telling and for this it's very specifically a story out loud so you know that's sort of what gets that's sort of what we want to make sure gets forward in the in the in the in the packaging of it in the in the release of it okay 
So as a producer, from a producer angle, what what is what would you say would be the hardest part of putting these audiobooks together? Or what's, what's the part that you like the least? Oh, man, the hardest part of putting something like this together, uh, uh, it's very prosaic and very boring. But honestly, it's the deadlines. It's the sort of thing about, like, mm. you know, we've got to deliver it by a certain day so that it can get up, be on sale. And, like, you know, I'd love to tinker with it for another two weeks or mm. another month or, mm. you know, play with play with it a little bit more. But it's like we're just not going to have that kind of time. We're, so so it's, it's, it's always about sort of like, all right, here is what we got to do. We got to do it all we got to do it all. We got to do it all up front. We got to do it all fast and we got to get it, get it right or get it the way we want it real quickly. We don't have, um, you know, we don't have, we don't have the time to sort of like explore what Chip's voice might sound like and then decide, no, we don't like that. Let's, <laughs> let's redub it. It's like, right. no, it's gotta be right up front. So there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of pressure on that and a little bit of sort of just like, you know, I, I have to trust, I have to trust my actors. I have to trust my director and the sound designers and just be like, this is going to work. I know this is going to end and, uh, and sort of, and part of that, I mean, we've been working on these for a long time now. And part of that trust is sort of like, just make sure we record everything we might need. Then if we don't use it, we don't use it. But, you know, let's make sure we get it. So it's, that right. was the, you know, that was the case with the Wookiees. It's like, are we going to replace these? I don't know. Yeah. Got to record them just in case we don't replace them. We can't come back and get them later. We've got to get everything there. See, and that's, that's the other thing I loved with y'all's voicing with BT1 as well. Um, oh, I can't remember how I described him in over on Mighty Marvel Geeks that I said I absolutely loved he had this type of personality. Oh, I loved how his voicing was almost like the adults in the in the Charlie Brown shows. I bit. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, it's like a droid version of, of the, the adults in Charlie Brown. And he was another. And he was another one. We're like, we know he can't sound like R two D two, right? Because R two D two is in the piece later. So like, we have to make sure we separate out all of these droids so that you know who's who. And so it's like, all right, well, we got to come up with um with a new with a new sort of language for him. And he has such a strong personality. And, and yeah. you know, and 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 Sarah Sarah kept everything that was great about the comic books and added her own stuff in there as well in the way that Trip interacts with BT. Because it's just like 3PO and R2, right? Like, you get so much of R2's personality from the yeah. way 3PO reacts to him. So, you know, you get that sort of warble from BT and then Trip's right, and Trip's like, you're right, this is exciting we get to murder people. So, like, <laughs> you know, that Trip's line is telling you almost as much about BT as BT's beeps are. So... Um, so it was great stuff sort of playing with them. And, 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 uh, and the first scene where the first time I heard all three of them in sort of in the same room, I was just like, this is, this is absolutely going to work. This is just landing in everything. Now I have not heard audio from it, but how I, I'm going to, there's a guy on Facebook in one of the, uh, in the, in one of the droid builders club. Uh, I mean, droid builders as in the, the droids that you can build at galaxy's edge mm -hmm. who has made some custom personal personality chips and one of them he has made is for bt1 <laughs> that's I, so cool but i don't know if he's used drops from the book or not but if he did how, how would you how would you feel that y'all's work is being recognized and put into a personality chip that could be in living inside droids 
as an aftermarket thing from droids built from Galaxy's Edge. I mean, that's so cool, right? It's so fun. And like, this this all goes back to, you know, I mean, this all goes back to George Lucas, right? Like, yeah. you know, he and the original trilogy and then the sequels and then the prequels and then all of it, you know, th- like we just have this incredible world to play in. And sometimes, you know, like in this one, we get to, we get to have scenes between Han, Luke, and Leia. And I was like, that's just fantastic. And then we also get mm-hmm. to make Trip BT and Aphra. And that's even more fantastic. Like, these are all sort of different um, different areas where we just get to play in the sandbox. And anything we get to make and throw back is, and then have it thrown back at us is, is phenomenal. It's the sort of thing where, you know, like when Dooku Jedi Lost came out, I kept seeing every once in a while, I'd see um, some fan art from the characters. I was just like, that's just incredible. To yeah. see somebody who loved it so much that they've drawn a young a young Jedi Knight Dooku doing something from Jedi Lost. I'm like, that's absolutely the coolest thing. Like, you know, yeah. it's a dream job to play with these toys and then to have other people play with the toys that I've played with after me. It's just like, this is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. How would you consider it um, a milestone if Marvel Comics came along and took Dooku Jedi Lost and made a comic book adaptation of it? Oh, I mean, I mean, like, how can that not be cool? You know, like, it's that sort of thing where, you know, where we are. One of the things I really love about the Star Wars universe, uh, uh, and I've always loved it. And it's true. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's true of Star Wars from the time I found it to, to the time of now, you know, like it, it gets to build on itself and it gets to explore itself and, and widen itself out. And so when one piece starts influencing another piece of the universe, it's just such a cool sort of thing that makes it feel alive. When you start seeing, you know, when you start seeing references from one book or one film start to go into the others, you know, when, when, um, uh, and, you know, or when, you know, when Dooku or Aphra pick up things that are in the Clone Wars, it's like, yes, this is all sort of feeds into itself. It's all, this all transforms around the same story, the same core of, of, of what makes this, what makes this so enduring. So I would love to see that kind of thing. And frankly, I'd love to see what they do. You know, like one of the things I love about working on these audio, on these, on these, on the, on these audio stories is that like, we are telling stories directly into the media. So if they wanted to adapt it, they would have to figure out how to solve the same kind of problems that we would have to solve going the other direction. You know, like, how do you do this? You know, there are certain things that work in comics. There are certain things that work in audio and they're not the same things. So how do you sort of cross how do you cross those stories into other mediums? Uh, I always use the word translate as opposed to adapt because that's ultimately what okay. it is. It's taking it from one language into another language as opposed to just sort of moving the pieces around so it fits into a different box. Makes sense. Makes sense. Sure. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't decided to do it as a comic book yet. Uh, there there was the one Dooku one-off during the Age of Republic. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about the actual book. Yeah, it would make a great. Well, maybe minute. they'll hear us. Maybe they'll listen to this episode and uh, and decide to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know a guy who might be able to do some cool covers for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about some of the other books that you have that are ju- coming out. If they're not already out, I'm not sure. Even though I am back to work off furlough, things are still a blur. Um, Thrawn Ascendancy is out. 
Uh, it comes out next week, I believe. Okay. Early mm. September. And then Star Wars, Clone Wars, The Light and Dark. That's end of August. So that's out as we're recording this. Yes. Excellent. Um, and so is and so is Free Fall, the um, Alex Segura novel about young Poe Dameron. There, yes, which I'm I got about halfway through that, and then I got the Thrawn book. And I'm like, okay, as much as I like Poe, I, I gotta go listen to Thrawn, especially when I saw it was Mark at the helm of that. I'm like, I've got to listen to the Thrawn. <laughs> So I will be getting uh, back to the Poe book, but to be given three all at once for review, is, <laughs> like, okay, this is difficult. Now you understand sometimes when I'm like, here are the books you got to produce. And it's just like, that's, you know, a thousand pages <laughs> of Star Wars stuff I have to read. <laughs> I know, I know. I make that sound like a bad thing, right? Um, uh, I may be pawning off some reviews on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you like you said, they hand you this stack of a thousand pages of Star Wars. You have to read quickly. How are you able to just read really fast, or do you have like some technique that you're able to blow through these to be able to figure it out? It's called interns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, like I've been, I've been I've been in this job now for for a while, and you start to uh, as anybody who probably has to read a lot in publishing will tell you, you start to develop sort of not tricks, but you know, you start to condition yourself in. In, in reading for what you're doing, you know, right. it's like, um, especially with Star Wars, where it's like, you know, we work with a lot of, we have, we have a wide extended family of narrators. So I'm reading these books and my job is to figure out who the voice of the book is. Right. And sometimes, you know, you start reading Thrawn. It's like, well, this is obviously Mark Thompson. So then you can sort of like go a little bit more leisurely through it because or or you can conversely speed through it because it's like my 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 the biggest part of my job here is done. I know who's reading it. And now I can just, you know, get it for plot and and, and, and stuff. Um, and then there are other ones where it's like, I don't know who this should be. Let me I got I got to take a little bit more time with this one. I got to think about this one and really sort of. Especially something like um, uh, I want uh, like Lando's Luck, part of the yeah. uh, Flight of the Falcon series, where it's like it's all new characters who are having an adventure with Lando Calrissian. So it's like, all right, let's sort of figure out what the tone of this one is because it's not a Thrawn novel. You know, it's it's got a very different energy to it, so it's going to need a very different kind of narrator. Same thing with um, uh, um, George Mann myths and myths and fables that we did last year, where it's like this is a whole different energy of a book, so we need a whole different energy of a narrator here too um so so yeah and then there, i mean and then as everyone in publishing will tell you there are you know weekends where it's like what'd you do i read for my job that's what i did it was awesome <laughs> went out to the park i was I was, uh, I was reading a book today in the park i was out, out for lunch sitting there with my kindle uh reading a star wars novel and it's like this is the best it's absolutely the best very cool well that that very leads cool. me to another question what's your preferred format for reading is it actually having paper books or would you rather have it digital or i understand it's easier because <laughs> you don't have to have as many books on the shelf but yeah when i'm like when i read for when i read for pleasure i prefer paper when i read for work I generally prefer uh, digital tablets, oh, wow. uh, and that's and that's strictly because I can make notes on it. I can make notes really easily, either you know, 
flagging a flagging a, a voice trait that I'll need to cast for, or you know, circling something that's like, "There's a graph here. How are you gonna how are you gonna adapt this in audio?" kind of thing. So like, so reading it that way is, is easy to make notes on. And I know a lot of our narrators will read digitally for the same reason that they can make it's easy to it's easy to highlight character voices. It's easy to sort of like make tags for themselves. And then when they're actually recording it, there's no page noises. So. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm largely format agnostic. I'll, you know, I read Kindles, I listen to audiobooks, <laughs> so, you know, I'll do it all depending on how I have the book, but sort of those, those would be my preferences. And then, and then I'll do whatever, whatever works for a particular, uh, for a particular project or so, a particular pleasure. So you like digital and analog? Yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's important to be able to go between them. You know, I think it's, um, I think it's. <sighs> I think it both increases your ability to work that you can sort of go back and forth. You know, I take all of my meeting notes on paper and all of my book notes on the iPads. And, you know, it all, it also sort of is like, well, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, uh, I'm going to be familiar with whatever I end up getting thrown into. And it works, you know, it works all the different parts of your brain. So too, you're not so fixed on one that you're, that you're, you're losing uh, proficiency with any, something else. Right. Okay. Well, also getting kind of on the technical side on that, um, anybody who's read Star Wars or watching any of the movies realizes, like you said, with Black Chrysanthemum, trying to figure out how to pronounce that, Star Wars is full of names, especially names that oh, are man. almost <laughs> undecipherable. Who, who is it that actually sits down and tries and um, is there like someone specific that says this is how you pronounce it? Or is it just a, a bunch of people who all you get together to figure this out? Or how's that work? So uh, well, you can't pronounce any of this stuff. <laughs> Uh, what we will do is obviously, you know, there are some words that uh, that are now burned into our, our our lexicon, you know, and not just not just obvious stuff like lightsaber or Sith, but you know, certain alien cultures. We all know how to say these 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 planets now, and you know, the more books mentioned, the more the more times Jakku is mentioned, we're just like, yeah, that's just how you say it. Mm. Uh, but for all the new stuff that comes up in a book, what the uh, we uh, we have a we have a director who handles a lot of them and Kevin Thompson and Kevin will read the book and well we at Penguin Random House Audio we rely on our directors to come up with our pronunciations so it's they are the ones who are actually going through the book with a fine tooth comb and finding all of the words and looking up all of the proper names and calling college physics departments to make sure they're saying the name of the professor correctly things like that um, and so Kevin will put together that list of words that he will also then uh, propose pronunciations either you know oh it's uh, you know Sullust. We know how to say this. We'll put that in the list. Or uh, Jakku, things like that. Um, and then with a, when a new word comes up, he'll look at it and he'll propose a pronunciation that uh, makes sense that we think. And then I'll send that list over to Lucasfilm. And they are the ones that have the list. They send that list back. It's like, nope, here are the ones that are correct. Here are the ones that are wrong. Here are the yeah. ones uh, Here are the ones we want to correct for your list. And so from that, we we take it over to the, to the session. So it all comes down to Lucasfilm. They are, okay. they are, they are the final arbiter on, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's AT-ATs or ADATs. It's up to them. <laughs> well, can you remember any one specific that is like the most difficult, no one could figure out what this was and it took you guys forever to actually get it translated and any of the stuff you guys have done? Anything that pops in your head? Nothing pops into my head in terms of like mystery uh, in, in that sense, because it's always sort of like, you know, Star Wars sort of has a cadence and a rhythm to it. So it's sort of easy to look at a name and think, should this name be, you know, Cassett, Admiral Cassett or Admiral Cassette? 
And it's like one of them feels more Star Warsy than the other. So like that's going to be my guess. Uh, and, and same things with planets. Uh, you know, planets sort of have a planets and species and those sort of things. Like, is it a long O, short O? It's sort of again, Star Wars has a sort of cadence to it that provides a lot of guess. I'll tell you one of my favorite. Uh, uh, the number of times you and Morton said "rat attack" as Count Dooku that is now one of my favorite. Yeah, time it shows up because it is such a great word to say. Rat attack. Yeah, it's like a machine gun fire. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Uh, the 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 uh, the Thrawn names in, in the upcoming Thrawn Ascendancy book that oh. was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. How, how to how to say all the you know it's one thing when the only name you have to say is Thrawns, but when the book is full of them, it's like oh boy, that's a whole other. And you, and you start <laughs> getting into the the nine high families and <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Wow. Now, was, was the Thrawn book done the same way over Zoom or? Um, honestly, we're recording a lot over Zoom at the moment because of the virus. Uh, okay. We are recording a lot of books with narrators in their home studios and the director is connecting remote. Um, okay. You know, and, and we did this. We did this a lot beforehand, too. If we were if we were working with a actor in Chicago, the director from New York would Zoom into that actor's studio. Or if the author is located outside of Nashville, the, you know, the director from New York would probably zoom into that session in Nashville. So this is, this is very standard procedure for us. It's just that we've been doing it on, you know, 98% of the titles instead of on 12% of the titles or whatever right. those numbers are. Uh, so yes, Thrawn was recorded uh, over Zoom, but that's, you know, fairly standard procedure for, for audio it's unlike it's unusual for star wars but it's very very traditional for audiobooks okay hmm. now are you finding zoom getting everyone together and recording over zoom is better than trying to get someone to get a isdn line for a connection well i mean technically what we're doing is the other the narrator has a studio on their end and they are recording in their studio and so like they're recording locally on their end on their computer in their home studio the zoom connection is only there to give the director to let them connect connect with the director who can work with them through the book so the actual recording is still being all done you know locally in the narrator's home booth it's the the zoom is the the zoom is the the zoom is basically the talkback that we're using okay so so you're listening to them record on their end and then when they're done for the day they upload it to y'all servers for y'all to grab to edit together. Correct. And gotcha. fun fact, that's why my parts for Afra do not exist because Emily is recording mm-hmm. on her end and I am on the other end of the Zoom talkback playing against her. So I am not recording anything on my end. She is not recording my audio. So that's why you, you uh, think. those... those... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's fair. Um, that's fair. No, can't disprove this, right? <laughs> have you been zoom bombed yet? Uh, no, we have not. Um, we uh, no, we've not. Uh, it's good. a lot of you know, and like it's primarily well, not that I know of, frankly, but it's you know, it's a lot of just actors and directors <laughs> connect. So it's just the two of them sharing right. the links. It has not happened to us yet. Okay. <laughs> um. And then I'm going to ask, and I, and I know you, you're most likely going to say you can't say anything. Any... Should I say that just now, then? I can't say? No. <laughs> 
I, 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 I want that rejection. Um, okay. Is there anything you could tell us about the upcoming M- certain point of view Empire Edition? Um, I can tell you that there will be an audiobook of it. I can tell you that we are probably recording it. Well, we are recording it in the next few weeks. Uh, and it is going to be a full cast kind of thing. Everybody, you know, multiple narrators, each taking a bunch of stories. Very similar to the way uh, the first. So basically saying, no, there's nothing you can really tell us. Uh, un- unfortunately not. Uh, only only that it's, uh, the first book was a celebration of Star Wars, right? Yes. So this one, uh, we uh, I am looking at in the same way. Like, this is just absolutely a celebration of The Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, whoever, uh, you know, whatever we can do to sort of make it a special occasion uh, and celebrate 40 years of Empire yeah. Is, uh, yeah. is is sort of is sort of how I'm approaching it and how we're, we're looking at uh, it. Rejection. <laughs> how I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other um, audio projects coming up that you can talk about? Or maybe not talk about in depth, but maybe give us titles for? Or teases? Or te- um, there we go. The teases work, yes. Or even a word. <laughs> One single word. Well, um, there, there's the, and then there's the. Well, I can tell you... I mean, I can tell you even less about the next book, uh, which just, you know, the only tease for that one is High Republic. I can tell you oh. even less about that. Ah, um, I was wondering about that. But uh, that one is, uh, is 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 coming up, coming up quick. Okay. Then, since you mentioned High Republic, do you know if there's any plans to do a dramatized version of a book? I, and I know this could be a yes or no, or I got to reject you again. Um <laughs> Are there plans for at least one dramatized version or audio drama version of a High Republic story? There are no plans oh. for an audio drama of a High Republic story. Can, um, can we can we start the push for that now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Frankly, I am probably leading that push. I love producing these. Um, I think that uh, the reaction to Dooku... I mean, quite frankly, the reaction to Dooku was positive, and so we came out with Afra. The reaction to Afra has been positive. So uh, it, it is... It is. I love them. I love producing them. I, I mean, this, take, this takes me back to, you know, wanting to be in Brian Daly, like Brian Daly, Richard Toskin, those guys, like I, to be in their shoes. So I am pushing these kinds of things okay. I, I, I'm, I'm making sure these things are, are always sort of talked about but it's it's always like ultimately it's it's not up to me it's up to sort of del rey and and our and our lucasfilm ship and right. so it's about finding it's finding the right story about the right character at the time but it is the sort of thing that uh, a, a storytelling structure that i that i love and i'm always i have always been a sucker for radio dramas um whether it was the old supermans the old lone rangers uh obviously the the king of radio dramas was war of the worlds um love them all love don't get me wrong i love the the normal audiobooks like with matt what matt's doing with with thrawn it is brilliant um and how it's not just someone reading the character's lines, but actually acting them out, um, the character dialogue. But I just absolutely thrive on, on a dramatized audiobook. I mean, it's it, a- it, if it's an audiobook that, if it's a, if it's a book series, I could care nothing that I could care, I could care less about, but they put out an audio drama version of it. I'll listen to it just for that. I, I, I want the theater of the mind. 
we're so hardwired in our brains to hear stories out loud. Like that is so fundamental yeah. to us as a species that like, you know, audiobooks go, you know, that an audiobook tradition goes back to like Homer and the epic poems kind of yep. like, it's the same thing, right? Like, and then being able to involve multiple voices in that storytelling is like just uh, uh, the next version of, of, of that kind of thing. Um, we did one a couple years ago, um, and I I loved I loved this one as well. Um, Mighty Chewbacca in the Forest of Fear. I missed that one. Oh, I recommend you check it out. It's uh, by Tom Engelberger, and it's from Disney. It's from Disney Press, and it's you know it's a it's an adventure Chewie has um, while Han Solo is being held captive, and Chewie has to Chewie has to go complete this mission in order to free him. And uh, the book is written. Uh, um, uh, uh, let me start again. When I started reading the book, it's dedic- it was dedicated to Roscoe Lee Brown, who was the voice on the story of Star Wars record that came out yeah. in 1978. Yeah. And that's, you know, those kind of records. You know, you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. <laughs> like those <laughs> records were, I don't want to say how I learned to read, but very formative to my listening and reading and sort of like having all that experience together. And I wore out the cassette I had of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And wow. so seeing that Tom had had dedicated the book to Roscoe, I started reading the book with, with that in mind. And I was like, that's what he's written. He has written the, sto- the read-along book for a movie that doesn't exist. So that's how we produced it. Uh, we produced this full cast. Mark Thompson plays Han Solo and Chewbacca. And um, I know January Lavoie is in it. Sean Kennan is the narrator. Because we had the narrator, something, something, something. Chewie looked at Han and then Chewie roars. And then Han says something and then Sean comes back. He said very much in the style of that old stuff. <laughs> so it's it's not it's not written for audio. It's not a script, but right. it is sort of it, finding that full cast rhythm in a storybook. Please um, tell me when you did chapter changes, you, you had the R2 sounds to signify the change change into a new hmm. chapter. We didn't. Oh. We didn't. Uh, only because I really wrestled with the idea, and I was like, I think that's too much of a deep cut. That oh. the rest of the design, the rest of the design is so real. Why is R two here? So, and we couldn't, and we couldn't add the phrase. We couldn't add that sort of catchphrase. So, so that the chapter headers are very sort of you know Star Wars fair. Um, but but the whole approach is, is and was absolutely inspired by the way uh, the way Tom right. dedicated it. All right. Uh, Ken, Derek, any final questions? Uh, yeah, I had um, on the radio drama side of this uh, with podcasting getting so huge now. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of actual um, different uh, theaters and companies actually bringing back old time radio theater and actually doing it in a podcast now. Have you yeah. guys talked about doing any of the Star Wars and actually possibly putting it out in chapter form on podcast or in the podcast style? Similar to um, they didn't put release this podcast, but Audible just did the Sandman audio drama. And actually has it in 20 chapters. I mean, you buy the book oh, and you get it, but right. all separated into chapters. Marvel's into, done a couple. Well, Mar- Marvel's done a couple yeah. with Wolverine. Have you guys thought about doing something like that and actually just releasing it out there? I mean, um, they'd have to figure out how to monetize it, obviously. But uh, We've not talked about that, but, you know, the, 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 the other stuff has had such... The other stuff, as you, as you say, like, the, this is a big thing. The other stuff has been so popular. Marvel's done Wolverine. They've done Marvel's. You know, and of course, mm-hmm. of course, the Sandman. 
Um, so it is the sort of thing where it's like, you know, there is a sort of, um, there is a market for this content. I think that's the biggest thing all this stuff says, you know, like, you know, there are so many fiction podcasts out there and it's that sort of thing where it's like, this is a, this, 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 this has the feeling of like a starved art form and suddenly it's here Mm -hmm. and it's available. And like, people are just, uh, people are very vocal about how much they love the stuff that they can find. You know, and it's that sort of thing where it's just like, this is just so cool. This is not around. This is, you know, not um, obviously the audiobooks are, you know, uh, 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 sort of like charging through that water, so to speak. But um, it is the sort of stuff like, honestly, like, I think that's part of the reason we're able to do the ones we have done. That sort of like, yeah, this is out. You know, we're not we're not coming out and saying like, you know, the last time they did this was. 1982 let's do a radio show you know it, it is very much in the culture and it is something that we can point to and say look it's all around us let's 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 do this with let's do this with start uh derek you got any final questions uh no uh ken kind of covered mine <laughs> where can people find you online if they want to uh, chat with you if about projects to, you've done in the past. If they want to find me, the best place to find me is on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Nick Martorelli. It's just my name. Uh, and I am over there tweeting about, uh, frankly, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, Superman, um, other things. Uh, uh, I'm always down for good jokes. Uh, I, I come to Twitter. For, I come to Twitter for the jokes. Um, so that is the best place to find me on the internet. And if you want to find our work, you can find us PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com, and of course all of the all of the books we've talked about, and so many other Star Wars that we haven't talked about. The we, you know the Clone Wars, uh, all of the movie novelizations. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm losing. I'm I'm losing track of what I can't even think about. Uh, the, the Thrawn, multiple Thrawn <laughs> trilogies, uh, the original Thrawn trilogy, yeah. um, Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older, like all of this stuff. Alphabet Squadron is all available wherever audiobooks are sold. Excellent. So whatever, whatever platform you listen, they're there. And I, I do see that on your Twitter. It does say retired actor. It's true. It's true. I was a retired. Uh, I used to be a professional. I used to be a professional actor, and I um, decided it was not the career I wanted. It was not the life that I wanted to have. So, um, had started producing a lot of my own work, a lot of my own shows, a lot of my own podcasts, things like that, and uh, was enjoying that far more than I was enjoying actually performing anymore. And I was like, I think I want to do this for a living and I want to do it outside of theater, film and TV. What, uh, what other industry is there that has this kind of job? It's like, I like books. And that was honestly the thought process that went through my head. Awesome. So I, um, nice. I got into publishing, bounced around for a little bit and then got into audience. So excellent. Well, thank you for joining us this week. It was a blast. Oh, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Please come back anytime you want to really push another project that either could need you think may need help or would just be fun to talk about uh i am always down to talk about these things if you guys ever want to talk about the brian daly shows oh my god i can oh. go on, i can go on for hours about those we, we may have to do that maybe pre-recorded <laughs> and have that set up for the holidays or when we take our breaks so, yeah so yeah I, i'd be happy to just you know send an email we'll figure it out you got it uh and on that note there's only one thing i can get back on the right page one thing left to be said give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter Jinx. i can hold it pull up no i'm all right information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the SAR-2 unit. I'm 
Mr. Boston with happiness seeing you again.